Right, welcome everybody to one more round of Josh Norris. I'm excited today. I got a special guest, a good friend of mine, Roland Saria. Um, quick bio, Roland is the godfather of Arizona MMA. Uh, I've been promoting MMA and Muay Thai shows since 1998. Started Rage in the Cage, where over 100 fighters would go on from there to fight in the UFC, including my hometown favorite, Justin Gaethje. Currently is promoting Rage in the Ring, Muay Thai, and will soon be relaunching Rage in the Cage. Welcome, my friend. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, man. So what's new? What's going on? You know, I'm back into promoting, as you know. I started up back in July of 2023. Been gone for a few years. Yeah. Uh, God, I haven't done an MMA show since 2014. Oh, wow. Um, started off with Mutaya. I just completed my sixth event. Yeah. Um, probably, possibly looking at MMA probably around April or May. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I've been to several of the Muay Thai shows, man. It's packed there. It's, it's such a fun... In event. I know uh, Zach and Hank, you know, the guys producing this for us, they were out at the last one, had a, a good time. Um, so what's what's the next one that's coming up? Our next one's Friday, uh, March 18th okay. at Stratus Event Center in Phoenix. And uh, pretty excited. Got a lot of fighters um, throughout the United States that are going to be attending to compete. And I think we're going to have a good turnout and a good event again. Awesome. Cool. Well, now, how did you get started in all this? Like, where, what brought you out because you're where are you from originally um originally i was well i'm a demigod well anyways we'll get into demigod that all right yeah so <laughs> I'm trying to be funny i was born in uh in cuba actually um came to the united states in 1967 mm -hmm. lived in corporate city california and then uh west los angeles mm -hmm. and then ended up in a little city called lawndale california um i was a football player actually played uh Two years of junior college, and then uh, I ran into a little problem. Yeah. You know what that was? Yeah. I didn't like school, so I was academically ineligible. I never got to play anymore after that. Yeah. And then I went through a journey of, uh, I wanted to make a living off partying. Mm -hmm. So I became a nightclub promoter, and I couldn't think of anything better to do than make money. Yeah. <laughs> I just partied five, seven days a week, and made a living and then uh moved out to arizona in 96 mm -hmm. opened up a, a brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, martial arts school and then in 1998 i just came up with the idea about doing an mma show and the rest was history awesome so um how'd you get into Brazil, like brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah i had a friend that uh i met at a park mm -hmm. one day and he told me hey uh well, you've been rolling. We start talking. I haven't seen this guy in a long time. A little bitty guy, too. Mm -hmm. And he goes, yeah, man, I've been doing martial arts. And I said, oh, really? What's What What? what martial arts? You know, I'm taking karate or taekwondo oh, yeah. or whatever. And uh, he goes, oh, I'm taking Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Mm -hmm. I go, what's that? He goes, it's kind of like wrestling. I go, oh. So uh, next thing you know, I went to West Los Angeles to train with Ritz and Gracie. He's one of the, he's Hoist Gracie's brother. Yeah, one of the most famous, too, right? Yeah, he was pretty much, I guess you could say, the alpha, the mm -hmm. line of the family. And uh, I started to uh, train, and then um, I really enjoyed it. You know, it was kind of like a little hobby of mine. Uh, I never really took it too serious, even though I was competing. Uh, not a lot, but I, I competed quite a bit. Mm -hmm. But it was like a hobby of mine. And uh, back in those days, they didn't have a lot of uh, high-ranked Gracie Jiu-Jitsu guys or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And... Um, and I was one of the uh, 
the early stages of the academy guys learning Gracie Jiu-Jitsu because mm -hmm. you had what you call the Dirty Dozen. Mm -hmm. Those were the guys that, 12 of them, that started in the garage in Torrance, California, and then Hickson and then Hoist Gracie Horion, they opened up their academy in Torrance. And then Hickson decided to open one up in West L.A., so I'm like the first generation of the classroom Gracie Jiu-Jitsu guys. Wow. And it was quite an adventure. The Brazilians are characters. Are they? <laughs> what do you mean? They're like, uh, like, um, how could I describe them? They were all from Rio de Janeiro. Cool guys, uh, partiers. Mm -hmm. They love their marijuana. They love okay. surfing, volleyball. They're like surfers. Yeah, like kind of like potheads. Yeah. But yet they train. Yeah. It's really weird because I, you know, I don't smoke and I, I never thought you could smoke marijuana and train. Mm -hmm. These guys did it all the time. And I, yeah. I couldn't, I didn't understand it. It was really weird. Are they pretty like relaxed people normally? They're real relaxed. They're very go lucky, happy, but they're very macho. Okay. So if you challenge them physically. It's on. Yeah. yeah. They like to fight. Mm -hmm. It's really, it was really weird. I was like, whoa, these guys are pretty aggressive with each other more than anyone else. In your opinion, I mean, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, is it still the the best style as far as for winning MMA? Or, like, what do you think? I, I don't think so. I, I think early on it was possibly was, maybe, because mm -hmm. a lot of people didn't really know ground game, the submission game. Mm -hmm. But today you have to evolve and incorporate a lot of different styles. So if there was one that I would say that I think mm -hmm. you need... Big time is wrestling. Okay. Wrestling is will give you, I believe, the strongest foundation. Yeah. You know, wrestling is a lot of grit, grind, hard work. And once you establish that template of foundation, everything else is easy after that. Yeah. So I would probably put BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, or Great Jiu-Jitsu, probably about number two. Okay. So, yeah. but still, like, on the ground, that's, that's super important. And then where would you rank... Uh, like uh, stand-up, you know, kickboxing. Well, and you know, it, you have to incorporate the hands and the feet mm -hmm. and the knees and the elbows. So Muay Thai typically is, I would say, the, probably the most uh, effective style in the upright. As long as you don't, you got to change your stance. You got to adjust a little bit because MMA because of the takedown. Mm -hmm. But uh, but once you get wrestling, jiu-jitsu, and say Muay Thai, and a little bit of American Western boxing, you have a really good foundation from then on. And then after that, a lot of it is just in your head. Yeah. And, you know, the game's changed a lot. You know, there's a lot of, you know, pres prescription drugs. And, you know, it's very scientific now. It's not like the old days when, you know, you took steroids. Yeah. Now it's like, these guys are like cyborgs. Mm -hmm. You know, oxygen in the blood. Uh, they know how to beat the testing. It's you'd be surprised how many guys are on. Uh, I would say probably in the high nineties. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, if you just look at them, not not to say that they don't train hard. They have to train super hard, but there's that next level of fitness that they have. Well, if you look at the guys, ever since they started getting aggressive with testing, mm -hmm. like in the UFC, you could tell their bodies are not like they used to be. Mm -hmm. Before they kind of looked sort of like WWE guys, kind of mm -hmm. like bodybuilders. But if you look at them today, they're not that muscular anymore like the old days. Mm -hmm. But they figured out that it's not really about muscle. It's really about endurance. It's about you know, stamina, the same thing. And uh, 
and they they worked around it mm -hmm. where it's very de deceiving because you look at these guys and when we grew up you see a guy that's real buff you think he's really really strong mm -hmm. and then you see another guy that you know that doesn't look that strong and then you, you wrestle him you're like whoa how's this possible the mm -hmm. guy looks skinny mm -hmm. so it's a, like a, it's just a different strength functional strength tendon strength so it's a little different Makes sense. And it, I mean, really, if you take off some of that muscle, it's easy to be quick. And I think, yeah. I mean, in MMA, that's one of the most important things. I mean, to be, you got to be fast uh, to be reacting and all that. So anybody that we should be looking at, like, who's your favorite fighter right now to um, watch? I would say, um, I like Jorge Masaba. Okay. You know, he's a Cubano like me. So we kind of, I kind of gravitated towards him a little bit because we're from the same country, but, um, other than that, I would say, uh, cur currently, I would say uh, probably just him. Just him? In the past, you know, there was a lot of different guys. Yeah. You know, as I got a little older, I, uh, I'm i not saying I've gotten a little detached to MMA, but I don't really watch it as much as I used to. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't find the guys that entertaining anymore, like, personality-wise. It seems like today everybody's trying to be WWE now. Yeah. And I get it. Sells tickets. I get it. Controversy. Talk about his mom. Talking about his kids, and you know, and a lot of these MMA guys have figured out that, or they think they figured out that that's really what they have to do to sell tickets. Mm -hmm. But if you look at George St. Pierre, yeah, he never did that. So it, the other side works too, but so I, I don't really enjoy watching these guys get interviewed, and it just seems a lot of it seems staged a lot, yeah. fake. You know, who I like uh, who actually is on that same sentiment. Like I like Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler is very much that. He ain't talking yeah. trash. In yeah. fact, the last... So, Justin Gacy is my favorite fighter just because hometown and right. he's fun to watch. But they had their fight together, which was uh, amazing. And, you know, Gacy tried to talk a little trash. Chandler never came back at it. So, it was kind of neat. I like watching that, too. Just let your hands and feet freaking speak for you. Yeah, so the game, you know, the game has changed a lot. You see a lot of athletes now mm -hmm. compared to maybe 20 years ago. But just because you're an athlete doesn't mean that you can fight. It's a big difference. Mm -hmm. But there, there are more conventional athletes today, like collegiate wrestlers, professional football players, even basketball players. Mm -hmm. Where in the old days, it was typically a martial artist or maybe a, a street guy or a guy that was in prison, beat up everybody in the yard, or a guy in the streets that beats people up and then they wanted to be MMA fighters. So in the early days... <laughs> It was the Wild Wild West. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, well, we started off at a place called Rock and Rodeo in Phoenix, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, imagine, you know, 40 guys show up and uh, you look at them, right? And you say, uh, what do you weigh? What do you weigh? Okay, you two are fighting. Okay, what do you weigh? And that's how it was. Yeah. It was the Wild Wild West. And um, we fought in a boxing ring with a cage, so four panels. Okay. And uh, back in those days... There was more fights in the audience than there was in the cage. And then after about a year or so, we the crowd started to realize that you, you don't do that. Right. Because they needed to get educated. For whatever reason, they thought they, if they attended the show, they were supposed to fight. Yeah. So what I did on the microphone, I told them, if anybody fights tonight, we're going to put you in the ring and we're going to see what you got. So... I'm letting you guys know right off, right out of the gate, and it happened once. Yeah. 
Yeah, we went and grabbed the guy. We threw him in the in the ring, but he didn't want to fight. He was scared, and mm -hmm. the crowd went crazy, cracking up, laughing, screaming at him, booing him. Yeah, because this tough guy wanted to fight in the crowd, mm -hmm. and we brought the other guy with him inside there, and they didn't want to fight now. Wow, but, uh, <laughs> that's uh, it's pretty pretty insane. So uh, you were in California, you moved out here. What'd you move out to Arizona for? Um, I had a really good friend living here, and he moved out in '92, and. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird. I look back now, 26 years, and I'm thinking to myself, man, how did I do that? Mm -hmm. What was I thinking? To pack up my bags and just come here, you know, it's mind-boggling how your mind thinks and when you're young. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even imagine doing that today. It was just like there was no plan. Yeah. It was just, let's move and open up a school and see what happens. It's really weird. Yeah, it's uh, funny you're talking about opening up the school. I just listened to uh, Chuck Norris's autobiography, and I didn't really know his, uh, I knew his karate background, but not that he owned all the schools, and uh, it's kind of crazy. He did the same thing. He just opened yeah. up schools, prayed that it would work, and uh, successful. So, I mean, were, were your uh, schools well taken? Did you get a lot of students? Yeah, I did really well, actually. Uh, but I'll get, to back, get back to that in a second, but I, I, I actually trained at Chuck Norris' school in 1977 in Torrance, California, and I met him. I was a kid back no then. No kidding. Yeah, and he was just breaking into the movie industry, mm -hmm. and he lived in Torrance. Mm -hmm. I lived in Lawndale. He worked at Northrop, so did my dad. It was really weird. We were, like, in the same circle, but I didn't really know him. You know, I was really young, and uh, so weird to say Chuck Norris. But, yeah. yeah, it was on Hawthorne Boulevard and PCH. Uh, yeah, getting yeah, back awesome. to the school, yeah, I opened up my school in 1996. Uh, I called it Barusa, B-R-U-S-A, mm -hmm. Jiu-Jitsu. And uh, we just started off with Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. I had no idea that in two years I'm going to be promoting uh, even grappling shows, mm -hmm. BJJ grappling uh, shows, uh, BJJ and gra submission grappling, same thing. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, I'm promoting uh, MMA, and next thing you know, I'm promoting Muay Thai shows. It was just, once again, being young, just winging it. No plan. We, I, I had no blueprint, no experience. I just went out there and did it. And then next thing you know, um, I'm getting calls from uh, this, this particular department. <laughs> saying that it's illegal well a friend of mine one of my students was a lawyer and he mm -hmm. says no it's not illegal there's no law about it so three years later that that department created a law that they govern uh, mma and then i was under their umbrella and they went really well they were great and uh and then the yeah well from two from 1998 to 2001 it was the wild wild west i mean it was it was it was a lot of fun. No rules, no sanction. Well, yeah, yeah, no sanction. Um, uh, my personal opinion, we ran it very well. I mean, I can't even remember injury. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, two thousand one, the whole sanction thing was created, and you know, and I get it. You know, try to make it legalized and legit. At the time, I wasn't too happy about it, but. And then I accepted it, and it was actually probably a good thing. Yeah. But, you know, MMA was a brand-new sport. We used to call it balutudo. That's Brazilian for no holes bar. Mm -hmm. So in those days, I would have shirts that said NHB, no holes bar, mm -hmm. or balutudo. And then it evolved into MMA, mixed martial arts. 
But we've had so many fighters come through Rage in the Cage. Yeah. I mean, that's made it to the UFC, Bellator, and a bunch of other shows. And uh, even Henry Sadugo, the guy that he won the gold medal in the Olympics wrestling, he's the two-time division champion in the UFC. He's mm -hmm. retired now. He trained with me for a bit, too, while he was in high school. I used to call him the Atomic Flea. Oh, why? Well, he was just, I knew he was special. He was a little bitty guy, maybe 120 pounds, mm -hmm. five foot four. And, you know, when you grapple, you wrestle, you can kind of feel people. You know where they're at, their level, sort of. Mm -hmm. He was, I knew he was unique. He had a, lot, a hell of a gas tank, very strong, and he was very hard to control. Even at that size, it was really weird. I was like, man, who is this guy? Mm -hmm. Then a few years later, he wins the gold medal. But uh, after high school, he trained with us off and on for like two years. He mm -hmm. went to the, uh, I want to say the Colorado something, mm -hmm. where you go there and you train wrestling full time. And then his career took off. He did really, really well. But we had a lot of fighters come through. You know, like you said, Justin Gaethje, Edwin DeWeese, Joe Riggs. I mean, I can go on and on. There's so many. Yeah, I remember it was funny. I had just met you. We've known each other quite some time, but I think 12 years now. And you invited me out to one of the shows. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Yeah. It was out at the uh, uh, Wild Horse Pass Casino. Okay. Hell of a production. But what I remember was hearing Justin Gaethje, and I had no idea who this kid was. And then I hear this just roar of the audience. Like the entire town of Safford, it felt like, yeah. came up there for him. And the kid was just electric. I mean, he yeah. knocked had a knockout that night and then every fight after yeah. that and you can just tell he was special you know i don't think he knows how to back up at all you yeah know? he's he's one tough guy yeah he doesn't know how to back up uh, <laughs> i give him a lot of credit he's done really well i had no idea he was going to go that far yeah uh but yeah he drew a big crowd always he fought Rage in the Cage, I believe, three or five times, three or four times, maybe. Yeah. But I'm not too sure because I know he trained in Colorado, even though he he's did. on Stanford. So, yeah. but uh, it was an incredible journey. And in 2014, I sold it. Yeah. And then uh, I got the event back, I believe, maybe two years later, mm -hmm. 2016, maybe. But I haven't done any MMA show since. So it's a good point because I, I I remember when you sold it. Um, and uh, the people that bought it, they just they didn't have the same success you did. So, like, what what do you attribute uh, your success in promoting? Because promoting is not easy. I've tried it. You know, and remember yeah. our midget wrestling event that we did that uh, <laughs> fell flat on my face on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's what people don't know about promoting. Yeah. It's, uh, what the public doesn't understand and the fighters is that yes, the fighter does put his life on the line fighting. He is also getting paid, too. And they tend to give promoters uh, a bad name. Yes. Is there bad promoters? Yes. Is there bad fighters? Yes. It's in any business. But generally speaking, promoters are considered sort of like scumbags. I'm a promoter, so of course I'm going to defend my profession and my position. Um, Yes, I'm not fighting in the cage, but I'm fighting for my finances. Mm -hmm. And that can be terrifying because you can lose enough money in one night than most people make in a year. Mm -hmm. So it is a terrifying emotional roller coaster leading up to the event and up to the event. For, for me, um, I'm not relaxed till about maybe a fourth of the, 
of the show in. Mm -hmm. And that's usually when I know if I broke even or made something or I'll know if I'm losing money. So if you see me quiet, that means I lost money. If you see me happy, that's because you see me drinking a little gin and juice. Yeah, I like it. Well, I, uh, if I ever see you quiet, I'll just buy you a beer. It's <laughs> always good. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. It's At the end of the day, I mean, you're an entrepreneur to the true sense. I mean, you're putting yeah. your money on the line. Uh, promoters are putting the event together. I mean, yeah. the fighters don't have a platform if they don't have events like that. Right. I think that's what a lot of people, it's lost on them. And they don't know how hard it is to get people there because then yeah. you need an audience, right? So, so what, uh, what, have you, what have been some of the things that you've done well to like get audiences and build that? Um, as you know, I'm a little bit of a showman. Maybe not as much as I used to be because I really don't really drink anymore. In the old days, I would probably have a few beers before the show and I, don't know, I felt invincible. <laughs> and now I don't barely even drink, so I, I'm, a little, I'm a little older now. Uh, so I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm lacking that excitement I once had in terms of, you know, rah, rah, rah. Even though I did it last event, I got back yeah. in the ring and I got the crowd kind of riled up and I thought, okay, I got to get back in there because I know not too many people are going to do it. Like right. I can. Uh, I want to challenge Bruce Buffer. I think I can eat him alive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it wouldn't, wouldn't even be a fight. I mean, a challenge. I mean, anybody can say, "Are you ready?" or whatever he does. But can he keep it going? Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to be funny. He's right. a friend of mine. Yeah. 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 You knew him, like, didn't you? You uh, yeah. know him back in the day. Well, I don't really know him. I know him because I'm a promoter. So you kind of, you're kind of like in the inner circle. Like Joe Rogan, I don't really know him. But he's in my circle, so when I took a few fighters to the UFC, I would shake his hand, take a picture with them, mm -hmm. Eddie Bravo. So we're all kind of connected at some level. Uh, one of the guys that I used to train with, I got to tell you this story, it's a great story. Yeah. When I was training West LA, I was training with the lead singer, Maynard, Maynard from Toll. Yeah. And uh, I, I never knew who he was, you know, I thought he was just, I don't know, just some guy. I used to... After practice, we would kick back at Taco Bell. And one day I said, hey, what do you do for a living? He goes, I'm in a band. I said, oh, okay. I had no idea who this guy is. Real down-to-earth guy. And So when I moved to Arizona, he moved to Arizona to Jerome. And uh, one day he goes, hey, Roland, let's go party. And I said, okay. Comes pick me up. And we go to some gentleman's club. And it was like royalty walked in. And I'm sitting at this VIP area, right, getting taken care of, right, and thinking man why is everybody treating this guy like a you know like a celebrity yeah. and that's when i realized mm. that he was a superstar singer i had no idea yeah arguably in that genre that maybe the most popular singer in the last 20 years is that right? yeah and he's got know. you know perfect circle and a couple a couple of others. it was it was neat i was in old town scottsdale a couple of yeah. months ago yeah. and i went into this winery yeah. And it's owned by him. So, right, like, right. they have his wines and in Jerome, like you mentioned. Yeah. He's got a whole vineyard up there. Yeah. And that, that was the beauty of uh, martial arts. You know, you meet people that will never be in your circle. Mm -hmm. But yet, you all have one thing in common, strongly. It's you're into martial arts. And that's something that was really special. Because I see myself as a Neanderthal man. Where... Uh, you know, I'm next to a guy training, right? And this guy is, say, a judge. Mm -hmm. Me and him would never be in the same circle. We'll never be friends. But we're grappling, and you, you create this intimate bond. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, you're grabbing each other 
crazy places and smelling each other and it people don't realize this but it, it creates like a kind of like the greek spartans you know well they went a little too far no, i'm not going to go that far you know right. i don't need him to be my lover you know yeah. but <laughs> but uh so um so yeah so you become friends mm -hmm. and uh it's really really unique and really really special yeah. and uh, i met some incredible good people in my journey of, with martial arts and uh and I also had a bad experiences in martial arts too. You yeah. Know, the, being a promoter was not easy. You know, everybody, I wouldn't say everybody, but, you know, not everybody likes your decisions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure I pissed off a lot of people and people used to complain about how I, never, I don't pay that much. Well, uh, I, I'm not the UFC. I'm not Dana White is, you know, a billionaire. You know, I'm just a small-time promoter. And they, for whatever reason, thought I was kind of like at their level because I did a fairly good job of making it seem like that, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, so, you know, there was a lot of times when people would uh, say say things about me not treating fighters well and, you know, uh, well, when the finances are, when you're relying strictly on the gate, like I was, where there's really no sponsors, there's no pay-per-view, I mean, it's brutal. Yeah. It is beyond brutal. Well, and it's something you and I have been talking about. It's like, and we're working on getting uh, sponsors right now because the events uh, have a ton of people, and there's a lot of businesses that would yeah. really yeah. Um, benefit a lot from being there, being on, you know, the website, yeah. coming out to the shows. It's a good time. So we're, yeah. you know, if you know, if anybody knows of any sponsors, I mean, you know, hit us up because that's something that would benefit your company and, you know, good time, get you some exposure. We have a fantastic sponsor package. You know, what we're doing, and you're aware of this as well, we're now doing pay-per-view internet mm -hmm. that we're able to tie into sponsors to people around the world or just Arizona, whoever buys it. Right. You know, uh, most of our buys are Arizona, but, you know, some people do buy from Denmark or Sweden, countries that like, you know, fighting stuff. Yeah. And, uh, so we're, we're definitely looking for sponsors to support us and help us to go to the next level. And we're getting there. Yeah. It's a slow process, but we're getting there. And, and you know this as well as I know, we're possibly looking at getting on the USC Fight Pass, hopefully next year. So yeah. We, you know, so I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, I believe that's going to happen. Like when we had that conversation yeah. with them, uh, it was super positive. And, uh, you know, once everything's in place for it, I think yeah. that'll, that'll be a huge game changer. Um, yeah. So, yeah, as far as... Uh, Today, you, you were talking about back in the day, it was kind of barbaric, uh, wild, wild west, when people would come in, hey, how much you weigh, how much you weigh? Like, how do you put together the fights now? I have a fantastic matchmaker. His name is Todd Whitmire. He's been with me for about maybe 12 years. Todd's a good he guy. He does an incredible job. And uh, what he does, he goes out and contacts a lot of the schools around the country. Mm -hmm. uh, people also, also go to rageinthecage.com. They contact him. Um, and that's also how you can contact us as sponsors as well. Uh, but no, he's been with me for a while. He's doing a great, great job. Uh, we've been doing the Muay Thai shows right now, getting ready to do MMA, hopefully real soon. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, matchmaking is very, very difficult. I, I would hate to have his job. I did it for a couple years. It's a very time consuming. It's like, it's kind of like sales. You know, you think you got this, it's like real estate. You, you know, you don't celebrate till it's, you close right so that's what happens when you match a fight leading up to the fight you're praying hoping that one of them doesn't pull out either injury sick 
whatever the case is, and it's it's terrifying, and it happens to us occasionally. Yeah, and what's neat, because I've been to a lot of the fights, uh, is how competitive they are. So, you know, I mean, he does a really good job of yeah. picking the fighters and yeah. who to go up against each other because there's never, like, you know, occasionally you'll have, like, a one-rounder, but for the yeah. most part, two, three rounds, yeah. and people are getting after it. It's really yeah. evenly matched. So um, what was the next event coming up? It's going to be Friday, March 18th at Club Stratus in next. Phoenix. You go to RageInTheCage.com. We have a incredible fight card right now we have roughly about 16 fights hopefully we can hold it could be 12 could be 14 depends yeah uh, we're gonna have some fighters coming from uh, nevada new mexico oklahoma and texas and california that's we're usually tend to use a lot of the southwest uh, cities um i'm just gonna keep pushing and try to take the show to the glory years you remember did you ever go to the glendale arena when i was drawing like 10 12 000 people uh, no, I, I don't yeah. think I knew you at that point. That's how big it was. Yeah. I mean, Rage in the Cage at one time, I would say probably it was in the top five, maybe, in the yeah. world MMA show. We did six shows at Glendale Arena. We were drawing eight, ten, twelve thousand 12,000 people. Wow. And then we went to the casinos after that. We Actually, I wanted to stay at Glendale Arena, but what happened was they got this new general manager. Mm -hmm. He didn't like MMA. You know, back in those days, that was back in 2005, and uh, he didn't, uh, didn't like it. And it's making them money. Yeah. You know what's also really crazy? I'm now seeing people fight from students' children now. Wow. That's how old I am. I mean, I'm 59, and it kind of sucks getting a little older because I, I feel like 39. I want to feel like 29 like I used to feel. Yeah. No, you look good for 59. Well, I, gotta, well, I haven't done my hair, but I'm going to dye it in a couple of days, so yeah. I, I can look a little younger. I, uh, my wife gives me, like, moisturizer so I can look a little young. Oh, perfect. Hey, you got to dab it with the pinky, right? Yeah, yep. like this, yeah. Yep. Well, I use this finger. Oh, that one? Oh, right. see, I was told the pinky because it's softer, oh, I didn't so know it that. doesn't, like, damage it, yeah. Oh, I got to do that, yeah. too, then. Some real girly stuff right there. Yeah, I put it right here, too. Yeah. Yeah, right here. Uh, but <laughs> I tell my friends about that, and yeah. they laugh at me. They think, like, come on, Roland. Really? I go, yeah. Well, something wrong with that? Yeah, skincare. What do I? I don't care. Yeah. Why do Why do I not want to look old right away? But anyways, how do we yeah. get into that subject? I have no idea. Yeah. So, so uh, Martin, next Friday is the event, March eighteenth. Two weeks. Two uh, weeks. or two weeks. Gosh, I don't even know what day it is. Uh, it's two weeks, eighteenth. That'll be That'll be fun. I'll be there. Um, yeah. So yeah, anybody wants to join us, come out. Uh, what are, What are tickets running? Uh, they start at forty five. You can also buy them on Eventbrite. Okay. Uh, don't remember the link top of my head, but you go to RageInTheCage.com. We'll link it in the the notes. Mm -hmm. um, I'm pumped up. I'm excited. Uh, I'm gonna get on the microphone again, but this time I'm gonna go a little longer. I'm gonna push it. I'm gonna get that crowd in it, pull them in, and that's what that's what I think separates my shows from everybody's shows in America. As you know, you've been to them. They're electrifying. Yeah, it's, they are. You just don't walk in and watch fights. You know, you got me on the microphone. You got Rick Reyes. He's coming back. Good. I saw him. Uh, yeah. I mean, Rick Reyes used to look like a hamburger. Now he's like a triple jumbo hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I'm just trying to be... <laughs> but uh, anyways, he's going to be back. We got Ryan on the mic. We got uh, Timmy and Shannon. So there's like five people on the microphone with the music pumping so it's like an event. It's like an experience. Mm -hmm. So no, no disrespect to the other promoters, but when you're there for two and a half hours, you're just watching fights. It gets a little boring. 
you know, especially today, you got phones, you could be entertained in a lot of different ways. So yeah. how can you keep the crowd there? You were there. You noticed the crowd was all there almost, yeah. about 99%. Mm-hmm. That usually tells you you're doing a fairly good job keeping them there. Right. M- many promoters can't do that. And that's why uh, I'm called the demigod. And some people always say, well, why are you a demigod? Well, well, you know, like Hercules was the son of Zeus. Well, I'm the son of Thor. My my. My Scandinavian nickname is Roar, R-H-O-R, but that's my middle name, by the way. I can see the my resemblance. My first name is Roland. Yeah, huh? I can see the resemblance. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. yeah. I, uh, do you remember when I colored my hair platinum? No. Oh, you don't remember. Yeah, I was uh, going as Roar. Not Thor, Roar. But um, anyways, I'm just playing around, so I don't want you people to think I'm crazy. We're just floating around. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, that's what's that's what's happening. I'm pumped up. This is going to yeah. be a great show. We're going to have a good turnout. Yep. Um, these guys are going to duke it out. You never seen Muay Thai? It's like kickboxing with elbows and knees. Um, it's a ferocious style fighting. These guys are tough. They are. I mean, they are tough, tough. I mean, what they what they endear when they're in there, you're like, whoa. But, yeah, some of those kicks, like, I can't even imagine, like, walking the next day after getting kicked in the thigh like they some can. of these guys. The yeah. next the next couple of days, those guys, are barely, they could barely walk. Wow. Yeah, no. So, come out, guys. Yeah. It's going to be a great time. Uh, Roland, thanks, man. I appreciate Thank you. you having you on, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Fight on.